Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line Show, another broadcast week, another movie Monday here on The Bottom Line. And we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the He Gets Us ad. So many things to get to. I want to give you a little heads up first, though. We have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, but ten copies of the movie that we're giving away today. It's called Dust to Glory 2, and it features my two in-studio guests today, Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck. Uh, from Team H121 Racing, which is a great Christian organization. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line for your chance to win a DVD. It's outstanding today. We've got tons of them. Now let's get into part one of my conversation with Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck on today's edition, a Movie Monday edition of The Bottom Line. Well, today in studio on The Bottom Line Show, two very special guests, two longtime friends. I don't say old friends because the more gray hair we get, I mean, I don't need anyone telling us. Yeah. <laughs> but Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck are with us here, made the trek all the way up to the Bottom Line Show studios in Costa Mesa from their home in Mexico. Um, yes. And, but you've got family around here, too. Dennis, Debbie, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Roger. It's great to be here. The with last you again. the last time we spoke was the fall of 2017, and all three of us were going through kind of a God, what are you doing? Moment, you guys with your ministry right. and me with my health, and it was very, it was a, it was a fun time. It was great to reconnect with you. Many people uh, know your story, but for those who do not, uh, Dennis and Debbie have been in full time ministry for half your lives, right? With uh, Casas pretty, Bronson, pretty much, yeah. We're, we're coming up on uh, thirty years. Wow, yeah, coming wow. up on thirty. So years you started here. when you were in first grade. Yeah, that's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right after the Christmas formal. That's right. <laughs> you knew she was yeah. the one. Well, these guys are high school sweethearts, too. So um, right. should I ask Debbie to tell the story of how you met? Because, I mean, we guys always mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, he always adds to it, so it's really interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, we did? <laughs> yes. But she started dating in high school, though. I remember you guys at the Lake Hills Community Church. I mean, yes. seeing you guys in the youth group together and mm-hmm. going, oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah. Dennis exactly. Hollenbeck yeah. and Debbie Hill. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then marriage didn't take too long to come up by. You guys knew right away. Two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were teenagers when you got married. Yeah, actually, yeah. she asked me out on the first date. Really? Yeah, it was, okay. it was a girl-ass guy dance. Oh, okay. So okay. I was anxiously waiting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Staring any, at the phone. Any moment now. Yeah. <laughs> As I was shy asking. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. So, yeah. When did you guys know about ministry, though? I mean, because you obviously got married and started a family, and you were, you know, working jobs and having a mm-hmm. life. When, when did the when did the call to ministry start? Well, you know, we're, we're right here by Orange County uh, International, mm-hmm. and there was a time when I was really interested in getting into missions as a in aviation, mm. and I was really I really wanted to fly an airplane and okay. do something like that. And so we wrestled with that idea. And I remember standing over here at Orange County International, what back when it was just a little community airport. Right, right. And Debbie was pregnant with our first child mm. and just kind of wondering, you know, what's going on with this whole thing? Yeah. And wondering, you know, what is drawing us towards um, a, a life in missions? Mm-hmm. And it took, it took a, a long time for it to get sorted out and that answer to be answered. Mm-hmm. And because um, you had a career path here, I mean, which you, yeah, UPS, I was, so like yeah, you could have just easily done that for 30 years. Yeah, I was a management with UPS, you yeah. know, so I was working full time UPS doing yeah. doing well. I mean, it was a stressful job. Yeah. But I was doing well. And I often sit down and think, wow, if I was still at UPS, I wouldn't be at UPS now because I'd be retired. Right. Right. You know. And um, but and no was, one would have thought anything of it. They would have thought, isn't this great? The Hollenbecks have these great kids and this wonderful marriage, and they're in Bible study at a big church here. Yeah. And 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 they would have thought this is great, but they wouldn't have known that there was this yearning inside your heart that said, God yes, wanted there's more. There's something. From you. There's something yeah. else for you. It's is out there. 
And there were there were a couple of times where I kind of abandoned the whole thing because mm. it's like this there's nothing happening here. Right. There's right. no writing in the sky. God's yeah. not revealing to me. And uh, you didn't did. have ninety years to wait. You yeah. Know, <laughs> that type of thing. So like, let's go. Yeah. Let's yeah. Go. Come on, God. Let's do you it. You know. And so a lot of questions were later answered. And um, so at age thirty five in nineteen ninety five, uh, we had our pickup truck loaded with our last bit of personal belongings that mm-hmm. we had not got rid of. And me and Debbie and our two girls made our final crossing into Baja, California. Debbie, what was that like for you? Was it, do you have the same vision or was it like, Dennis, come on, you're working too many hours, you know, calm down with this ministry thing. It was, it was kind of different because um, I saw God's calling in a different way. Mm. First, when God calls you, he doesn't call just one person. He right. just called Dennis. He calls Dennis and Debbie. Right. So during that, it, um, God called me in a different way because I said, okay, I'll support you. Whatever you want to do, we'll do it. And then God's going, well, wait a second. I need to call you. So through sicknesses and health problems and not willing to live anymore because of the sickness was so so painful, mm. God said, I, I still to this day think an angel came to the door and said, hey, don't give up right, right. because God's got big plans for you. Boy, that's a, that's a huge leap to come from. The pain being so great that you're saying, if it's the pain or not being here, I mean, I'll take door number two because I'm just tired of the pain, to saying, okay, now here's what you're going to do while you're still here. You're going to leave everything you know. You're going to go into Mexico. Were you comfortable going into that culture, that language, and saying, okay, I'm ready head first, or I'll just let Dennis do all the talking? I was was ready because I started going to more Bible studies. I did um. a a Bible study for two years, learning the Bible, getting all ready. I was really trying to prepare everything Mm -hmm. to ready to go. So I was really excited and I I just couldn't wait. At first when God says Mexico, I'm thinking, wait, I thought it was going to be Africa or something. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody goes to Africa. (laughs) So I was excited. This is where we go camping all the time. How can this be our our mission ground and the place that we love to go camping? Uh Uh-huh. And yet, so I was very comfortable with it because I yeah. knew the area and knew what, what more we're getting into. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck are my guests today here on The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. They're with Real Life Ministries. Correct. Is yes. that, yeah. Now, how did you connect with them? Um, well, at the time, we, we had started with a, a, a ministry in Ensenada, and, and we kind of call it our uh, boot camp. Mm-hmm. Okay. And after being at the, with this one ministry for about a year and a half, it was decided that the, the shoe's just not fitting Mm-hmm. Whether we're trying to put the the left shoe on the right foot, something's not working, mm-hmm. and they gracefully kind of showed us the door. Mm, okay, and, it was like, <laughs> and you were like, "Thank you." <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like, "Hey, this is no joke." You yeah. know, I just walked away from my career. We just yeah. got rid of our house. We mm-hmm. have nothing to go home to. Right, right. And um, I had got to know a, a good friend of mine, who's a great friend of mine even to this day, Dirk Upoff. And uh, he was a missionary with Real Life Ministries. Mm, mm-hmm. And we had spent a lot of time talking of the, our prospective ministries. I spent more time dumping on him with the issues <laughs> that I was going through. So uh, when he found out that we were, you know, kind of let go, he was very excited. And he's like, you know, I was supposed to offer you a position with us months ago. Wow. But I didn't want to interfere with what you're trying to work out. Mm-hmm. Isn't it wonderful how when you get to a situation where you think you're at your lowest point and you're getting fired or pushed out of the way, oftentimes it's because God had something else for you and you didn't see it or you weren't looking for it and you needed that kind of holy nudge. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. We, we literally had to be pushed over the edge. Mm-hmm. 
too, because um, one thing that, uh, when I was at UPS, um, I'd often get moved to different centers and to take care of distant situations. Mm-hmm. And I was this guy I was told by one of my managers, he goes, well, you're kind of like a bulldog. When you latch on to a situation, you don't let go. Right, right. And sometimes it can get really messy when you don't let go. Mm. And so, you know, this is God's way of moving us into a direction. And so that was probably in 97. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, Dirk is still you know, he's a great friend. He's on our board of directors, living awesome. in Arizona, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, it was that was quite the move. Yeah, I'll quite bet. the move. Yeah. And how old were the girls at this time? Uh, like ten and twelve. Okay. Yeah, okay. Ten so and twelve. They were old enough to kind of roll with it, but uh, you know, not too much to say. Hey, when are we going back home? You know, that type of thing. Right. Did they ever get homesick right. for Southern California? Yeah. They. No? Yeah. They. Um, they. They do express now that they've grown and they could reflect on it. It was very difficult for them uprooting, yeah. you know, from their friends and activities sure. and, sure. you know, baseball, soccer practice. And, and all of a sudden they're, they're a, a, a land where they really don't have a lot of friends or, you know, learning to speak the language and mm-hmm. culture's different and everything's different. Yeah. And uh, they, they eventually became your typical teenage Mexican girls, they you know they had their their backpacks with them with their you know their TP and your your city survival kit for going into town you know, and it was fun. Just yeah. They'd be like, hey, we're going to the movies. We're like, well, here's your pesos for the micro. You know, have a nice time. <laughs> oh, that's neat. So, yeah. so real life ministries where you where you're landed now, or that's where you started. Yes, yeah, that's okay. where we started. That's and that's currently who who we're with. And so. When you guys made the move, and it, we didn't have social media back then, so I think I kind of lost track. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of found each other on social media again. Yeah. And by then, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you guys are in Ensenada. Or, was it Ensenada? Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, Ensenada. And, uh, and you're building homes and this Casa Esperanza and everything. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is so cool. How in the heck did that happen? So I'll ask you the question <laughs> now. How did that happen? To get to the point where you know, I, I remember the mission trips that we would send our kids on. Let's go spend a week down in Mexico yeah. working on an orphanage or a house. And then come to find out, you guys are those people now who are bringing church yeah, groups we, and we that type of Yeah, we host teams. Yeah, we host teams. And um, part of that was through, you know, one of the reasons why Dirk and my director at the time, Ken Small, brought us on board. Because mm-hmm. they, they could see that we like doing construction-based stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we also just interacted to see and have an interaction with teens and that, you know, that was another thing, too. I, at one point, I thought about, you know, youth pastor yeah. life. Yeah. And uh, so they said, hey, we want you to come in and work with us, but we would like you to kind of take over and run our house building program, working with the youth and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So we primarily started just doing the house projects. And um, we had a facility that needed to be built. Uh, our home, you know, we built our own home. How fun. So, yeah, that was, we have a lot of little exciting husband-wife stories. that I was going to say, <laughs> the minute you said we built our own house, I'm like, how fun. Okay, Debbie, how fun was it? <laughs> it was It was fun. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. a yeah. It must be exciting, I mean, to have to know that you're doing this and you've made that kind of commitment and God has given you the opportunity to do something anybody would like to do. You know, we're going to build our home here, you know, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that, that that must be very rewarding for you, to, especially as 
the homemaker. I mean, home builder, homemaker, right? Yeah. Well, we built it all together, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was a lot of fun, and yeah. we got to do things, and the girls got to be a part of it too. Mm-hmm. Cassie loved to to tamp the cement, so mm-hmm. she got to tamp her own room. Nikki got to do the sheetrocking with us. Now, how many kids get to say that, right? I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, mm-hmm. going to someone's house yeah. and go, "Oh, did you tamp this?" Did you do that? <laughs> like, well, you should see what I did in my bedroom. That's yeah. exciting, yeah. I think. So. As someone, you look at my hands. I've never built anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, yeah and like with uh, like Casa Esperanza, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're we're not directly connected with them. We're there more as voluntary help. Okay. But that that came about because I found myself getting out of bed later and later each day. I did I really didn't have a purpose, something to drag my lazy butt out of bed, and um, so I went and visited Casa Esperanza. That was that time a two story house. And, uh, and for those who don't know, Casa Esperanza is a refuge home for battered women and their children. And so when I went there to visit them, they gave me a list of things they needed. And lo and behold, there was a drive the kids to school and pick them up in the afternoon. Wow. And so I started driving, you know, 12, 15 kids to school in the morning. Then I'd be there to pick them up and bring them back. And one thing led to another, and Casa asked if we could help build their facility that they now have. Mm. And that's kind of how we get and, and it. Roger, there's so many things that took place just from doing that because eventually I'm at Casa Esperanza doing maintenance work. And next thing I know, there's a group of kids trying to build a bike ramp. Mm. And so God, you know, put down the tool belt, yeah. go help those go help kids. kids right? And one little girl jumps her bike over it and skins her shin and mm. we get to know her and um, through that event. And a couple years later, we ended up adopting her. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that accelerated quickly. So it, it's just, it's sometimes it's, uh, it's amazing how you go think you're just going to do some hands-on work mm-hmm. fixing things, mm-hmm. and it sucks you in. Wow. And it became a very personal thing for us. Now, now we have two. Well, we have Angie that we adopted legally, mm-hmm. and we have Adela that's with us now, who also right. came from Casa Esperanza. I love that. So it's uh, it's amazing how God, you think God's moving you in a direction for a certain reason, and then you're just thrown yeah. with a curveball like you would not believe. Well, that's that whole exceeding abundantly, for you know, pressed down and overflowing, right? You know, you think, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is what I'm going to get. And he's like, oh, no, here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more to it. Yeah. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck are my guests in studio today here on The Bottom Line with Real Life Ministries. And we haven't even gotten to the racing part yet, which yeah. is the, the real reason I was just fascinated with this. Um, we've got links for reallifeministry.org and also team h12one.com up at the bottom line show.com. On the other side of this break, we're going to continue talking about their ministry, Casa Esperanza, and we have to get into Bochito. Yes. We have to get into Bochito. Bochito. I mean, Bochito is the real star of your ministry, and we'll talk about why on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. For more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trusts. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain. So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate-backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out. So you can see it's definitely not a REIT. Or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account. And then while you're on the phone and ask about our accounts that pays even higher amounts for funds over 250000 
Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the special edition of The Bottom Line Show. Roger Marsh here along with Debbie Hollenbeck, Dennis Hollenbeck with Real Life Ministries, Casa Esperanza, H, uh, Team H, Team H12.com H12 yeah. Ministries. You guys are doing so much right now. I mean, mm -hmm. I just host a radio show. I sit behind a microphone and talk to people. <laughs> and you guys are out building things and adopting kids and racing cars. And it's, it's terribly exciting. Did you ever imagine when you were oh. leaving Southern California no. in your mid-30s, putting it all behind, loading up the truck, moving down to Mexico and saying, okay, God, whatever you have, the first ministry experience blows up 18 months later. Yeah. I mean, thanks a lot, God. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, 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 did I hear you correctly? Yeah, did I hear you right? And yet now look at what God is doing. Yeah, it's an incredible when, and for me to, um, at times to be able to sit down and look at somebody in the eyes and realize this is why. This yeah. is why. Yes, there there are homes that have been built, families' lives have been changed, sure. and stuff. But when you can, you know, grab a hold of, you know, a young lady and and say, this is this was why really, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's it's just a, it's an incredible thing to know that that God moves in that in that way. Talk about the ministries that you're doing now. I mean, the racing we're going to get into, but mm -hmm. especially you mentioned Casa Esperanza, a home for women who are literally the abuse is so bad they've got nowhere else to turn. Do yeah. they find you? Do you find them? How does that work? Um, they, they, well, it kind of goes a couple ways. They, they find Casa Esperanza, these moms find Casa Esperanza simply word of mouth, mm -hmm. uh, different family members. Of course, they have uh, social services, fa uh, family affairs in Ensenada, government-run san sanctioned operation. Mm -hmm. And they will call Casa at all hours saying we have a situation and can we bring a mom and her children over to you now? Sure. So a number of different ways mm -hmm. and that they, they find Casa Esperanza. And they're helping dozens of women at a time. Yeah, they yeah. normally have anywhere from six to 12 moms there mm -hmm. and the numbers really go up and down. Mm -hmm. So What's the goal? I mean, obviously they, they had to, they came to you in the middle of the night trying to get yeah, they an would, abusive situation. They, the goal is hopefully they're there for at least two to three years. Okay. Um, they they find a a life in Jesus. Yes. And that's the main goal. Yes. And the moms get to a point where they have property, they have land. Mm. Um, we're able to get them in secure housing. And the point where the mom can grab a hold of the hands of her children and walk out on her own two feet, mm -hmm. ready to be back into society working, uh, taking on mother responsibilities, you know, and everything from just the basic, you know, cleaning your child to disciplining your child mm -hmm. in a way of love yeah. and um, moving forward in life. And coming at it from a perspective where you're not just trying to survive the next storm, which I would imagine, you know, the mindset, you know, in the abusive home is, uh, you know, how do I just make it through to tonight, tomorrow? Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, where you're giving them the hope of the Esperanza that you're two years from now, three years from now, you're gonna have a home. It's gonna be secure. You're gonna yeah. be able to function. You're gonna be able to discipline your kids instead of just keep them from getting hit. Mm -hmm. I mean, which I hate to say, but I mean, that's that's the reality. Debbie, what's it like for you to work with these moms and these kids? I mean, well, you adopted two of the kids who showed up your way, so I mean, obviously, you guys have a heart for this, but what's it like for you? What's your experience? Um, just seeing the, the life changing. I mean, we, we only didn't adopt Angie and, and Adela, but we also, 
taking in her sister, and her sister has three three kids. Wow. So we also try to help them and just to hear their stories and just how God's changed their life. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just amazing. Yeah. So to me, the reason why God's putting us in Mexico is make a difference. Yeah. And these are the people we're making a difference in. For all the people who are looking for purpose in life, I wonder how many of us would be better served finding something larger than ourselves, like what you guys are doing, mm-hmm. you know, what we're doing here. And instead of saying, well, how is this going to benefit me? It's like, where do I plug in to serve God? Because it, I've never met anybody who had an experience like yours that didn't come away saying, oh, I'm way better here mm-hmm. than I ever would have been if I'd done the nine to five job. You know, if yeah. I worked my way up the corporate ladder, got the pension and quit and then retired and traveled the country and hung out at Walmart parking lots with my Winnebago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. it, it, you could do it. But what you're doing has so much more value. I right. Think, and, you know, in our early stages, I, I did contemplate that. I said, okay, I'm sitting on my driveway. I've got all my toys and I've got a nice home. Mm-hmm. And will I be able to sit there and answer, take the question, what if? Yeah. What if I would have went to Mexico? Right. And I, I said, I, I'm not going to be able to live with that. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a, a definitive moment saying, I've, I've got to do this. Yeah. I don't know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's at the bottom of the cliff, but I got, I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk racing. Uh, just for just a moment, just a little bit. Yeah, the, yeah. The, your whole countenance changes. <laughs> the last time we were together, uh, the, the, uh, H, the team H12-1 and 1one.com mm-hmm. uh, was featured in a motion picture. And that's why we, were, we all got together and yeah. uh, we all went to the big screening here mm-hmm. in uh, Temecula or Murrieta, I think. And it was, it was a great time. But I was still just kind of getting my feet into how you got into this and how it actually helps. How does a Baja race car help? Casa Esperanza. And I mean that sincerely because, yeah, I mean, it, it looks a, like a ton of fun, it's, but it's, it's a lot it's of work. A, it's a big question. And, you know, recently we were in a also a um, reality show called The Fixers. Okay. And that broadcast is on BYU TV. Right. And um, in that I, I talk about, you know, who is Bochito to these kids? Mm. And for a lot of these kids, their situation in life, life has become a bully. Mm-hmm. And... When we're in that situation and there's a bully in our life, we look for someone to come along and and kind of punch the bully in the nose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for these kids, that's who Bochito has come. But now Bochito has a 36 horsepower engine, though, Dennis. You realize that, right? I mean, it's not much of a. We're talking about a Baja bug. I mean, I realize you modify the engine. It's it's amazing. These kids think that Bochito is the fastest car in the world. Wow. Faster than a trophy truck. (laughs) And the thing that really sent goosebumps down my spine was when one of the little girls who is now like eight, nine years old, at the time she was two or three, and she pointed at me and she says, Bochito. Mm. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 race car's not here. Race car's at the shop. And she looked at me and she goes, no, tu eres Bochito. Mm. And so now it, that's, that has kind of grown. And it's, 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 no, it's a funny thing when you walk into the score sanction office mm-hmm. and, you, and you go in there to talk about talk to the president of SCORE International, and he said, and he greets you like, hey, Bochito, you know, when you're, <laughs> when you're standing on a street corner, somebody drives by, you know, hey, Bochito. And mm-hmm. so um, I've kind of, a, that's been 
nickname given to me besides a race car. Wow. But the, the whole racing thing is, um, again, something that unexpected we didn't know was, was going to happen. Hold that thought because I want to give you the whole next segment to talk about where Bochito came from, the idea, the concept, and the successes that you've had with this ministry because you guys have done well on the race circuit. It would be mm -hmm. one thing to say, hey, it's a Christian group and they're sponsored by this home for you know women who are facing abuse and this, that, and the other thing. And you don't have to win anything. Just go out there and be great. <laughs> but you guys are really kicking up some dust with what you're doing with Bochito. Yeah. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck are my guests today here on The Bottom Line. We have links for reallifeministries.org and also Team H12, that's H12, the word one, dot com. We'll link that up at thebottomlineshow.com where you can see Bochito in action and uh, see footage of the Baja 1000 and these other races we're going to get into on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to the special Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck are my guests today here on the program. They are part of Team H12-1 Racing, which is a uh, Baja racing group. They race in the 11th level, which is kind of the elite driving range. And of course, H12-1 stands for Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let us run with perseverance, the race set out before us. Um, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, it goes on from there. Uh, it's just it's a, it's a tremendous ministry for uh, women who've been ex experiencing abuse and, and homelessness and the work that they do at Ensenada at Casa Esperanza is just phenomenal. They, uh, they were featured in a feature-length documentary about the racing world. It's not a faith-based film per se, but the producers of the film were so impressed with Team H21 that they, H12-1, that they wanted to include Bochito, their racing car, in the movie. So Dust of Glory 2 features this group that we've got, and Dennis and Debbie brought not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, but nine, but 10 copies of the DVD for us to give away today. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line here on this Movie Monday. We're talking about Dust to Glory 2. If you're into off-road racing at all, the classic Dust to Glory came out in 2000. This movie came out a few years after that. Well, actually, just a few years ago and features our guests, Team H12-1 Racing. More in just a moment as the bottom line continues. Bottom line show listeners have been so supportive of Preborn, and I appreciate you, and I know that Preborn does as well. Preborn is the pregnancy resource center that offers women uh, options and offers women the truth when it comes to an unexpected or unplanned pregnancy. Now, if you were expecting pregnancy and you want to get a free ultrasound, you can go to a preborn clinic as well. It's very easy to do. And every time we donate $28 to the cause, that provides one free ultrasound appointment for someone who may or may not have the means to handle this. Now, Terry in Cathedral City recently called in a $1,000 donation. Thank you so much, Terry, for, uh, for giving us that call, especially out of the Coachella Valley. Also, Dennis in Los Angeles called in a $28 donation. Thank you, Dennis, for that $28. And also, I want to say thanks to Diane in San Diego, a $500 donation. Every $28 you provide means one more ultrasound visit for a woman who may be deciding between whether or not to keep the pregnancy or to keep the child. We are pro-child. 85% of the women who go to preborn and see the ultrasound choose life for their preborn child. And you can give a tax-deductible donation online today to support that cause. Go to kbrightradio.com and look for the preborn banner. Click the banner and make your best donation today. Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. I know here at KCBC, just now joining us here for this segment of the program, licking our wounds a little bit after yesterday's Super Bowl uh, 
well, I won't call it a disaster, but it was a heartbreaking loss for the 49ers against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I've got some thoughts on the game and thoughts on everything that's going on. Um, but first, though, it's Movie Monday, and I want to talk about, boy, a great film that I was privileged to see the premiere of when it first came out. Uh, the movie called Dust to Glory is a great outstanding movie about the uh, off-road racing world. And when they made the second Dust of Glory, Dust of Glory Part 2, um, the, uh, the, the movie featured a segment on some friends of mine, actually. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck, longtime friends from our high school youth group days at Lake Hills Community Church. The late great, it's now uh, Crossline Church is uh, on that campus. But 50 years ago or so, we were all in high school together, and Dennis and Debbie met, fell in love, and they uh, started a family after they got married, and, and then they hit their mid-30s and said, wait, God has something more for us. They moved to Mexico and started work, doing mission work and with a group called Real Life Ministries, and then they started helping out at a place called Casa Esperanza, which is a home for women and, uh, and children who have been victims of abuse, and then got the crazy idea, what if we started a race team that would enter like the Baja 1000 and some of those different races, and what happened is they got this Baja bug. They nicknamed him Bochito. And Bochito's been racing for about a decade now. And Dennis and Debbie's story was so compelling and the ministry of uh, Team H12-1 that it actually got included when the guys who made Dust to Glory, which is a classic off-road movie, uh, off-road racing movie, when they went ahead and decided to do a second edition of it, uh, one of the producers looked at the, direct, the director and said, you've got to include um, these guys because they're a Christian group and you, you've just got to include them. And so they did. And so our friends, Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck, are featured in the movie Dust of Glory 2. And it's, it's just really outstanding. I remember going to the premiere. They had it here in, uh, I believe it was in Temecula a few years ago. And the DVD of the movie Dust to Glory 2 is, uh, we've got a link for information how to get to ministry sites and everything up at thebottomlineshow.com. We also have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, but 10 copies of this movie we're giving away today since it's Movie Monday. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And boy, I really do encourage you to call in and get a copy of this. As a matter of fact, if you haven't gone to our Facebook page yet today, I believe Eleanor had a chance to put it up. Um, our friends at Team H12-1 Racing put together a new video promoting, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the, 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 the return of Bochito. And they show some racing highlights and things like that. It's about a three-minute clip. It's up at thebottomlineshow.com and also on our Facebook page. And I encourage you to check it out. You'll get all excited about the different lives that are touched by this vehicle. And uh, it's just, it's really remarkable. By the way, Hebrews 12.1, in case you're following along with us at home, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Beautiful sentiment that drives this Christian racing team uh, through the score events and uh, actually uh, led them to glory, actually, uh, in racing success in the Baja 1000 and other races like it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll break a little bit early. And uh, Dennis and Debbie are here in studio with us. On the other side of this break, uh, we will give you a 
a chance to hear more of the conversation, but also get a chance to win one of these 10 DVDs they were giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line here on this Movie Monday edition of the program. Keep it right here. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck are my in-studio guests today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We go back to high school days, which means we've known each other for about 10 years now, yeah. maybe 15, <laughs> something like that, right? And Dennis and Debbie went into ministry when they were in third, fourth grade. Yeah. So that's why when we talk about them having done this for 30 years, um, it, that's, that's really true. The work you do with Real Life Ministries has kind of morphed into a volunteer position with Casa Esperanza mm-hmm. in Ensenada. Yeah. And then that has kind of morphed into the team H12-1, which give us the whole, where did the idea come from? Was there a burning bush? You know, was there a you know moment on Mount Sinai? Uh-huh. When did God speak to you and say, and now and on now, the eighth day, God said, Dennis, you Dennis, should build you a race should car. Go race car. Yeah. Well, you know, we were big race fans. Okay. And we, you know, would go watch the race, the Baja And SCORE races. stands for, it's an across SCORE is um, short course, off-road? Uh, off-road enterprises, okay. I believe. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So don't get asked, asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm that guy I want to know, yeah. right? <laughs> and um, so I would go to contingency, which is the day they parade the cars down for safety inspection, which is a, like a big party. Okay. And I would see cars that, you know, had, you know, you know, they're racing for a cancer patient or different types of organizations. Kind of sponsorships yeah. on the side mm-hmm. of the car, sure. And um, and I started thinking. I started thinking. Well, you know, what would happen if um, there was a race car that raced and to kind of promote and bring attention to this woman's shelter? Mm-hmm. And so, when, even when I went and talked to the director of Casa Esperanza, Jasmine, mm-hmm. she was like. You know, like, well, you know, she like gave me that look, like, well, you're kind of crazy, um, but if that's <laughs> but you're what, are kind of crazy, yeah, but yeah. if that's what you want to do, go for it. Yeah, well, know? now think about this though. I remember at the height of the Left Behind series when those books were coming out and they, you know, different color covers and all that stuff. There was a guy who raced like the NASCAR trucks series, and mm-hmm. he was he had his truck wrapped in the Left Behind logo. And yeah. so you'd sit there for, you know, 200 laps or whatever, watching the Left Behind logo go around. People, the, when you see that badging, that branding, it gets people's attention. Yeah. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. more than just like, this makes us feel good. People who follow SCORE, and SCORE is a huge organization. I mean, yeah. you mentioned SCORE to somebody, they go, oh, yeah, that's like a big deal. That's yeah. like the Indy 500 of off-road yeah, racing. Yeah, they are. And there you guys are with the Casa Esperanza mm-hmm. wrap on your view. How yeah. cool is that? What a great, good job, Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was... That, well, then there was thought, okay, well, if we were to race a car, what car would we race? Mm-hmm. And as I looked at different classes, like, well, I think the Volkswagen Bug would be the easiest class to race. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also throws this element of uh, David versus Goliath. Right. The total, it is the ultimate underdog. Yeah. How and, does that car yeah, handle that terrain? Exactly. Yeah. That, and that, when we're in line for these races contingency and you're behind a trophy truck mm-hmm. they ask us well what course do you race on or like the same race cars same race course he's racing mm-hmm. on they're going mean you guys have to run the same course they run mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And we're, yeah. we're the last cars off the line. <laughs> right. So we've already had 250 cars go and tear the grace course oh, up. Oh, man. And we've got to deal with the yeah. leftovers. That's you okay. Know? You can handle so, it. Yeah. So sure. it's it, there was that thinking that we want to represent the underdog mm-hmm. because, because the moms and kids mm. are the underdog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that have the the tough course to race. This is this is just an extension of your ministry. Yes, this just this just like I said, it's it's also when that when the car comes nice and shiny and ready to race, the kids are excited. Mm-hmm. When we bring the car back, all beat up, missing fenders, yeah. steering bolt just, boxes. Yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> they're just like you know, their mouths are open, but their their hero has come home. Yes, yeah. oh, so, that's beautiful. And to and to um, say to them, you know, um, we're here for you. Uh, we're we're using this to help you. Mm-hmm. And there's people that go to Casas Bronze. I don't even know who they are, mm-hmm. but they know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that knows this race team that races a little Volkswagen Amazing. bug. And Amazing. they heard about it somehow. <laughs> they saw Dust to Glory. They saw something, yeah. and they want to get involved and they want to help. So it's not a, it's it's there to benefit the moms and children. But it's also to say to, to say to anybody, you can do it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's there's no reason why you can't wake them to say, you know what, today, I want to do something to make a significant difference in this world. Yes. yes. Today, you know, I want to prove to people that this is why Jesus has put me here. Exactly. And uh, so there's all these things mixed into me being out in the middle of nowhere at three o'clock in the morning, yeah. stuck in silt. <laughs> going, what am I doing out here, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and realizing that you've got a perfect travel partner here to help you out on the team. Debbie, now I'm sure they, they were calling him Bochito earlier. Did you hear other people calling him Muy Loco? You know, when he said he wanted to do this, I mean... More what, Bochito. Yes. <laughs> but well, we know, I'll, I'll know he's local. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what, 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 I, I would imagine that this would be kind of like a field of dreams moment where it's like, okay, hold on a second, buddy, you're going to plow on the farm and now you want to go to Fenway Park. Um, what was it like for you? I mean, you've you've answered the call. What was your prayer like to God? When God now he wants a car, he wants to race, he wants to beat this car up, and we don't have any money, and we don't know whether it's going to happen. What was your initial response? I was excited because it's that's another step of faith. You know, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Well, how is God going to provide this one now? Mm-hmm. And you just see God providing different ways. Um, this is a way we use as evangelist tool. Yeah. I mean, how many people? How many Christians have been around just Christians? I mean, that was me. Yeah. And then it's like my time. This is my time. I need to be around non-Christians. Mm-hmm. And this is my time to pass out a Bible or to tell people about Christ mm-hmm. and tell them why we race. We wait, race for Christ. Mm-hmm. So it was evangelized tool. And it was a big opening for a lot of us because um, we take people on their team that aren't Christians. Some are. Some are atheists. It doesn't matter. We tell them about Christ. Mm. So this is our evangelized tool. I love that. And the mm. way you answered that, Debbie, was so Luke 1. You know, I think of Mary when Gabriel presents the good news to her that you're, you, you're pregnant and you're going to be carrying the Christ child. And her response isn't, oh, no, it's not whatever. It's like, okay, well, how can this be? But it's very logical. She's already in because the Holy Spirit's over, overwhelming her, overshadowing her. And I could see that your response there just now was probably the same way it was when he said, babe, I got another one for you. And <laughs> And you're like, okay, uh, what do we need to do? You know, and I love that Mm -hmm. attitude because it's amazing how many people, my wife likes to say, if you come before the Lord each day with your hands up and they're cupped, 
then you can place whatever, take whatever God puts in your hands. Sometimes we come to our hands and they're clenched fists, like, God, mm-hmm. I'm mad at this person. And, you're gonna, mm-hmm. and sometimes we come up like, I don't know what to do. And they're wide open and you can't hold anything. But if you come before him every day with your you know, hands like in this position of prayer mm-hmm. saying, what are you going to place in my hands? And God handed you the keys to a Baja bug. Basically, right. Well, you had to you had to get the car. You had to raise the funds. You had to raise the awareness. How long did it take before Bochito could actually get in a race? Oh, it took almost two years. Okay. Yeah, because you know uh, it had to be built. You know, and it's uh, working with a stock Volkswagen is just different because mm-hmm. it's not engineered. There's no guy sitting down at a a CAD drawing trying to figure it all out. Right. Right. You know, you have to figure out how high above the ground. Yeah, you're stuffing everything in this stock vehicle, basically. Roll cage, radios, um, suspension. And what is what is their stock? You can reinforce some of it, but it's basically uh, the same the same Volkswagen bug that goes to get a carton of eggs at Ralph's, you know, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's quite and, and it hit me. It didn't take long for me to realize that that we entered probably the most difficult class sure. to race in. Why not? And yeah. they, that's why they, they say class 11 is a driver's class. Mm. You have to drive the car. You mm-hmm. have to think everything that you're doing. It's an incredible amount of concentration, everything from you know the shifting to what, what rock are you gonna bounce the car off mm-hmm. so you can get through the riverbed because uh, and that's you driving it. You got a team, right? I mean, no one yeah. expects you to drive all thousand miles. No, no, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Like the, we just had uh, the the Peninsula Run mm-hmm. this last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. and we had a team of ten. Wow! So ten guys, that's not including our support team, which Debbie mm. is a big part of. Yeah, uh, she plays a huge role in the support team because I don't. You know, hey Deb, I'm going after the races. I'll be back <laughs> in a few days. Click, close the door. No, she is. Right there by my side. Well, yeah, because you're on the course running it, but somebody has to be kind of following along with where are you now? How mm-hmm. far are you into yeah, the race? Did you get pits. lost? And that's where yeah. Debbie is mobile pit queen. All right. All yeah. right. Yeah. I'm impressed. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about Bochito, the legend of Bochito, the car, the myth, the legend, who has had <laughs> tremendous success. But the last time these guys were in studio with me, it was I mentioned it was a time that was kind of precarious for all of us. Mm-hmm. You guys had been through a really rough 2016. Yeah. Um, I was going through a really rough 2017. And you all, you all were movie stars by the time we connected <laughs> here. How did, how did Dust to Glory come about? And what was it about that whole project that made 2016 worth going through that God, what are you doing phase? Mm-hmm. To, the Dust to Glory was a movie that was directed by, created by Dana Brown who has done different various types of projects like that. He actually did Dust to Glory, which took place in the year, I think, 2020, no, 20, 2000, I believe it was, mm-hmm. or maybe it was the year before, year after that. And a highly successful documentary. So, of course, when the announcement is made, we are doing Dust to Glory 2. Um, every racer's dream is to wait in that, Get in that, one. that knock on the door. That, yeah. Dana Brown would like to feature you in his film. Mm-hmm. And so Dana Brown and the president of SCORE at the time, Roger Norman, had mm-hmm. a little talk. And he says, we need a class 11 story. And Roger Norman said, uh, you need to contact Dennis Hollenbeck and wow. teammates 12-1. Now, you mentioned earlier, class 11 is a driver's class. This is kind of an elite challenging, you've really got to be at the top of your game class, yes. right? And you guys just stumbled into it. You're yeah. like, oh, I mean, sure, why not? You know, yeah. we're, we're going we're gonna to run the Boston we're Marathon for so our first race, right? Driving a Volkswagen sure. bug through the 
through the mud and the dirt well, and whatever. And yet you made such an impression with these people that they're saying, hey, if you're doing another documentary like the legendary Dust to Glory, these guys have to be in it. That's yeah. good. This isn't a faith-based film. This is no, the industry isn't. saying this team needs to be included. Yeah. What a high compliment. Oh, believe me, Roger, when I got the email and I went upstairs after reading the email, and I guess I guess I guess I was pale, I was uh-huh. white as a ghost. <laughs> and Debbie's like, "What is wrong with you?" And I said, "You're not going to believe who we just got an email from." She goes, "Who's that?" I go, "The producers of Dust of Glory. They want to talk to us." Mm. And it was just, "Oh, what a!" Uh, but you know, and then of all things, like we talked, like we talked briefly, that 2016 was just the year yeah. they filmed it was a really difficult year for us, mm. and uh, now. Dust of Glory has his director, Dana Brown. They also have the producer, Bud Brutzman, with mm-hmm. BCII-TV. Mm-hmm. Incredibly smart man. And I remember talking to him and said, Bud, mm-hmm. I just I feel so bad. You know, we didn't even get on the podium in 2016. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, that's okay. He goes, because there's a story there. And he goes, you'll see when you, when you see the movie, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Now, when you say get on the podium, you mean like, like finishing the Like finishing in the in first, the yeah, or something, yeah. first, second, third. You okay. Know. He goes, How many races that year? Four. Four races. Four races, yeah. And you, did you finish any of them? Or? Uh, I don't even think, I think we finished one. That was the San Felipe 250. Okay. Which we, I think we did podium and got like third place. But other than that, it was a disaster wow. year. Just, wow. just heartbreak year. And uh, so he goes, wait till you see it. You're going to love it. I'm going, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. It's a horrible year. You know? It's a terrible year. What do you and, mean there's a story And, there? uh, you know, Bud has just become a great friend. He's actually involved as far as, you know, I don't know we'll have time to get into the pictures, going to Casa Esperanza and mm-hmm. doing some projects. I got to go to Bangladesh and, and work on a school bus. But that's a whole exciting. other story. But yeah. um, so Bud is just an incredibly smart guy. And and uh, had a lot to do with Bochito's role in, in Dust to Glory. So Dust to Glory comes out, and we're having a pretty good year. Things were rolling really good, and we come in here and talk to Roger Marsh, yeah. and we got this big race coming up, the Baja mm-hmm. 1000. And like I said, it's like Roger today is stepping in the void with us because you never exactly know how things are going to go. There's right. a lot of unanswered questions. Right. And the question that was answered at the end of 2017 is we took the championship. Wow. Yes. Wow. That was incredible. And it, and it wasn't by, it wasn't easy. I mean, we broke down miles from the finish line. Mm-hmm. We had like 30 minutes to get this car across the line. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, I, I didn't realize what was riding on it at the time. Because if, if we did not cross, another team would take the championship. So you're just trying to finish. We're just trying to finish. finish within the time yeah. constraint. And we finished. We, when we finished that race, we had like less than 30 minutes left on the clock. Wow. That's after racing, you know, 1,200 miles, mm. two and a half days. Mm-hmm. So we, we brought it down to the wire. And uh, so I, I guess a lot of our finishes are just these drama mm-hmm. finishes. Yeah. We finished a race this last year. And we we gained the nickname as the uh, the last place winners. <laughs> we, we 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 had we had the San Felipe races last uh-huh. year. We crossed that finish line with nine seconds left oh on the clock, God. and the car was broke down. We had to push, push it, it across. We had to push it across the finish line. I love it. Now, how does that work as far as the, the timing? 
finishing is important. Um, you know, timing. You don't. It's not like well, you came in ahead of them. It's kind of a cumulative type of yeah, thing. It's, yeah, it's it's a whole time time issue. Okay. You know, so. Okay. But yeah, so it's um, but yeah, 2017 was incredible, and I, I and I think personally for myself, you know, I wasn't the high school jock. I yeah. wasn't, you know, um, so to to stand in front of a, a crowd of people at the awards ceremony and say this at a is, sporting event, yeah, this is your 2017 class 11 Baja champion. Wow, I'd never been a champion. Wow, so it, it was it was just. But uh, you know what's funny is the next day, what am I? What am I doing? I'm out in the backyard picking up dog poop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was a humbling moment. Oh, hail like, the champion! Yeah, you know, yes, oh, yes, good. so exciting. Three dogs, come on! You don't let me out here. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick, quick break. We'll be come back with our final segment. We're going to talk about where you guys are today. Okay. Uh, well, how the ministry's going and how we can bless you, pray for you, support you in any way that we can. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck, my guests today here on The Bottom Line, we're talking about Team H12 and then the word one.com. Right. And that stands for Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12.1. That's yes. right. Let us run with perseverance. Run your race. All right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Personal injury attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law will fight for justice on your behalf. She has to fight because no insurance company will willingly pay what you've lost after an accident. When you're in an accident, you take legal action simply to be restored to where you were prior to your injuries. Money may be needed for medical treatment, financial restitution for lost time at work, or any other thing that you've lost as a direct result of the injury. Stephanie's desire is for justice, to find what was taken from you due to your injury and have it restored for you. Stephanie will become your advocate, passionately helping you make sure that your doctor's appointments are productive, the insurance companies are being honest, and she'll make those calls that you don't have time for. Go with K. Bright's trusted personal injury attorney who will help make you whole again. Stephanie Cover at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R and get back to your life. Welcome back to the special Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marshall. We're kind of going overtime here. That sounds from a recurring theme in the culture right now. There was overtime yesterday in the Super Bowl. Of course, the 49ers came up a little short, but man, Brock Purdy sure did a good job of uh, not only leading his team, uh, putting his team in position to win, uh, but also... And doing so with class and dignity. When they came up a little short, Patrick Mahomes hitting that uh, uh, touchdown pass to uh, McColl, I can't remember his last name, Hardiman, whatever, uh, at right as time was expiring, 25-22, exciting Chiefs victory. Uh, after the game, Brock Purdy uh, making the comments, he said, hey, look, it's my job to get our team in the end zone. We had many opportunities. I didn't get the job done. It was a very kind way of him taking up for his kicker. The rookie was a Tim Moody, I guess, who uh, on the extra point on one of their touchdowns literally just shanked it. He kicked it right into somebody's hand, and that gave Kansas City a chance to tie it in regulation and win it in overtime. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to see when people of faith are competing athletically and giving glory to God. And I've got some thoughts about uh, the Super Bowl on the other side of this break in the final half hour of the broadcast. And so as our KCBC audience knows, uh, that part is recorded and uh, for you and then played back at a later time. So if you want to hear my thoughts about uh, Brock Purdy and the He Gets Us campaign and everything, that'll be coming up for you during Bottom Line Show Extra tonight at 7 o'clock on KCBC. Uh, Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck are in studio with me today here on the program. It's a Movie Monday edition of the broadcast and we had scheduled them a while ago to come up. So not that we didn't want to uh, feature them on Movie Monday. Of course we did. 
but also we had they had to drive up from Mexico. So, uh, of course, we're giving them, you know, full uh, attention here today on this movie Monday. The movie that they are a part of is called Dust to Glory 2. Fantastic documentary about the off-road racing scene. And they are, it's not a faith-based movie, but the producers were so impressed with Team H121, which stands for Hebrews 12, chapter 12, verse 1. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us in the great cloud of witnesses that uh, Dennis and Debbie went from being spectators while they were living in Mexico full-time doing mission work and got the idea of, hey, we volunteer at this home, Casa Esperanza, that helps out women who are in situations where they're escaping abuse and being battered and they're taking kids with them and they, they, they need to get away from that, but then also um, to know that they are truly loved by a heavenly father uh, who is, is going to take care of their needs and then provide them for, uh, with opportunities to move forward. And so Casa Esperanza, about 10 years ago, launched a racing team that competes in SCORE events, uh, the uh, S-C-O-R-E, uh, it, something about uh, something streetcar off-road racing enterprises or something like that, whatever it stands for. Um, but they've been racing in SCORE now for about 10 years. They have a Baja bug called Bochito. There's a new promo video for Bochito. He's kind of become a living legend, even though he's a Volkswagen bug that's been modified to race in the Baja courses. And uh, the, the Bochito video is up on our Facebook page. The movie that we're giving away, Dust of Glory 2, uh, we've got a link for that up. You can watch the trailer at thebottomlineshow.com. We have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but not six, not seven, not eight, not nine, but 10 copies of this movie we're giving away today here on Movie Monday. Phone lines are still open. And since Dennis and Debbie are staying for one more segment, we'll keep the phone lines open into the final half hour of the program. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, let's continue on the other side of this break with our final segment. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck talking about Bochito and racing for God's glory. It's all coming up next as the bottom line continues. Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck are my in-studio guests today here on the bottom line. I'm Roger Marsh. They are championship racers. I could say yeah, that, yeah, right? That's yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, in the toughest Baja category score has to offer, category 11, that's kind yeah. of like I think of Spinal Tap. Yeah. You're in the number 11 <laughs> as far as that. You guys were way up there. And, of course, Bochito. Now, Bochito is legendary. This is their racing car. Yes, yeah, he's, he has. He's become this this iconic car in the in the off-road world. And yeah. even those that are not into the off-road stuff, they just – people just – there's that car. And every time you see Bochito, Casa Esperanza is brought to light. And, of course, that's a home in, in, in Ensenada that uh, mm -hmm. helps battered women and abused relationships get back on their feet, heal yeah. up, hear the gospel. You know, lives are being trans Healing mind, body, and soul is what you guys are doing there, it sounds mm -hmm. like, yeah. with Casa Esperanza. Mm -hmm. um, does Bochito have to retire at some point? I mean, how long can you keep racing that car? Oh, you know, that's a good question. Um, right? I just... I actually just visited the body shop because yeah. the last race we also had a rollover. Uh-oh. Uh, took a really hard hit mm. on the right side and did a lot of damage. You know, that's that's a good question, Roger. Okay. Well. Some, sometimes I think it's – and this is not Bochitos getting banged up. Not that I'm getting banged up, but, you know, I'm not that 50-year-old guy that was getting in the car 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And back then it was like even getting into class 11 at eight, the age I was is old. Mm. 
And but back then I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and now I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> so you're looking for new volunteers always. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I still love getting in the car and driving. There's mm-hmm. nothing better than, uh, for me, the best part of, as far as the racing goes, is when they they, they someone gives you the green the the thumbs gives thumbs up green flag everybody stands away from the car and you have one thing left to do mm-hmm. race the car that's right that's the best part i love it and um so but yeah eventually bochito's gonna have to retire the good news is is uh, i shared briefly with you that we are possibly we're going to be working on bochito 2.0 all right which is a class 11 that is now sitting in uh nevada mm-hmm our good friend Romy Fredericks is taking care of Bochito 2.0. Good job, Romy. And Amado, a uh, gentleman from Nevada as well, has donated the car to us. Excellent. So, see, it's going to take some work. Yeah. You know, we, you know, it's going to take some work tearing out what's not legal to put in what's legal for right. the for the for sanction the that we race in. Sure. Now, what about so, speaking of the races? We've started a new calendar year. Are you in a new race schedule? How many races are we going to see you guys in this year? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's we're going to do two big races, mm-hmm. and we're doing the Nora Mexican 1000, which is a week-long rally, six days of racing mm. from Ensenada all the way to Cabo San Lucas. And um, that's just daytime racing. We don't do any nighttime racing versus score, which the 1,000 will yeah, be doing in November. Hours, yeah. It's it's solid racing till the moment you start to the moment you finish, whenever wow. that might be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were running the four races with score. And people think, oh, four races, that's not a lot. But when you're tearing apart that car every race to almost nothing and then re- having everything checked mm-hmm. and then rebuilding it, that's a lot. That's an investment. That, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a heavy schedule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other part is just, you know, our financial situation. Um, our team is pretty much team supported, mm-hmm. meaning that if you want to be in Bochito, it's going to cost you some money. Right. And, uh, you know, we have some very faithful guys that, that race with us. But it's just hard. How do you go about asking them, you know, to support four races? Mm-hmm. And we did have someone that was sponsoring our races, our entry fees, which is a big help. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for different reasons, they had to back out. Sure. And so that's kind of the strain that we're under. You know, we would like to do more. Um, but So individuals can support. They can make a donation. It's nonprofit, right? Oh, yeah. Tax deductible. Yeah. Even if they want to look at it from a sponsor point and of view. And businesses, too. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you could... Yeah. Uh, you, you could Mm-hmm. In the same way that Bochita was repping for Casa Esperanza, you could be a part of that uh, that team as well. Right, mm-hmm. I love that. And it's, it lo- I mean, we we're the little guy, yeah. You know, and literally we are the little guy, and um, uh, you know, we're not out there with with the big names and getting the big checks run because that's not what really drives the industry. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's why you know sponsorship to a team like ours is really something that's got to come from the heart. Yeah. And see that, see the bigger picture, what's going on behind it. I love it. And uh, you know, we love the competitive edge to it too. You know, we're we're not out there just to, like, well, it doesn't matter what time we finish. It doesn't matter. You know, let's just get out there and get the stickers on the door. No, we want to win. You're competing to we, win. We we want to win. I, I you know I I I feel okay with second place and third place, but you know, there's still that no, that number one. Well, spot look at the name of your team. 
I mean, quite for crying out loud, I mean, we as Christians are running a race and we're running it with perseverance and we're running it with purpose. We are yeah. running to win. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul says, I beat my body and into submission because I don't want to be disqualified. I mean, there's a prize that we're straining for, Philippians 3, 14. Right. Yeah, so, run, yeah. You know, no matter what's going on, you have to race, we have to race that car. Mm-hmm. Even though we're in last place mm-hmm. and there's nothing around us and we know we're doomed, mm-hmm. we are racing as if we are heading for that first place finish. That's the spirit. You know. Because we're running for the children. Right. Yeah. And right. We're, we're the big example for the kids. Mm-hmm. They're counting on you. And yeah. when Bochito comes back to whether it's the orphanage or if you go to schools or something, I'm sure that you could probably have a nice little victory tour with Bochito in schools. I yeah. would imagine mm-hmm. you could spend yeah. the whole year just driving around and getting kids excited about yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That'd be yeah. fun. Hmm. And, you know, and a lot of change where that little 13 year old girl mm-hmm. that we adopted. The one who skinned her knee. Yes. Yeah. You know, she met a really nice guy, Edgar, who's now leading our house building. Uh, our house building program is a whole different All side right. of what we do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and we are waiting for, anxiously awaiting for grandchild number two. Oh, exciting. So, yeah, so little yeah, baby boy. Oh, baby nice. boy coming. Nice. So she'll get, she'll get to have, he'll get to have his grandpa that was a Baja racer. That's right. Champion. And, uh, yes, champion. Racer. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. So with Real Life Ministries, we have... The racing, big part of it with Bochito, teammates, 12-1 racing. You mm-hmm. know, we help with Casa Esperanza. And, you know, I didn't mention that when the moms leave Casa Esperanza, often we're able to provide a home for mm. those moms. Wow. And that's another big thing that we offer and that we're involved in is home building. And I know, I know amongst the Christian community, as well known, home building trips that take place. Right. And we, we offer that that service and you know it's a it's a great way to give back to community it's a great way for your kids to go and experience something there's nothing like handing over the set of keys to a home for a for a family that's going to change their life and i want to make an appeal to youth pastors and school principals right now too if you have ever been asked to go on a mission trip where what are you going to do well there's an orphanage what are you going to do there we're going to paint the orphanage okay that's good that's really good but these guys are building projects for families, and these are new projects every time, right? Mm-hmm, you're yeah. not going down, and I don't want to sound crass, but you're not painting the same orphanage 15 times a year, right? You're yeah, building yeah, something new. Yeah. And I think that's important because sometimes we get so hung up on the doing. Oh, we're going to Russia. We're going to, what are you guys going to do? Well, we're going to do the same thing we did last year. Well, does it really need to be done? You guys are doing something new. I think about the Lamentations first, where it talks about how God's mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you have these projects that are new and they're different for each different yeah. family. And that, that, that in and of itself makes it makes me want to support Real Life Ministries yeah. all the more. Mm-hmm. We also have VBS, too, so we're out there telling kids about Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and Debbie, you mentioned this earlier, too. I'm glad you did. We're not staying in the Christian huddle, but we're actually, when you're doing VBS, you're sharing this with kids, and some of them are kids who've never heard this story before. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. just wonderful. Yeah. You guys are too busy. <laughs> Set this bar way too high. Why did I invite you here? I, oh, I, 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 yeah, I thought the line was going to start slowing down somewhere along the line. Right? Yeah. And Aren't know, we old enough to retire? Sometimes yeah. God's saying, you know, put the clutch in and you better get ready to, to yeah. downshift or put it in the third gear because yeah. you got more to go. That's for sure. That is for sure. Well, Dennis yeah. and Debbie Hollenbeck, it's been great to spend time with you guys again. Every seven years or so, we really should do this. Yeah, often. let's do that. But uh, reallifeministries.org. <laughs> Team H12 and then the word one.com right. for the racing ministry. Mm-hmm. All that's linked at the bottom line show.com. 
look at the merchandise that's there, find ways to support, whether it's prayer or financially or whatever. I highly recommend you do so. Guys, thank you so much for being with us today here on the program. It's really good to see you again. Well, Roger, it's great to see you. Thank you for, you know, reaching out to us and having us come back in a little bit of follow-up and catching up on life and where we're all at. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, it's great to see you again. Uh, much love to the families and everybody. Thanks for letting them, uh, uh, thanks to them for letting you take a little uh, road trip uh, north here uh, to the Bottom Line Show studios in Southern California to talk about the ministry of uh, Casa Esperanza, H12-1 Racing. And it's, it's, it's h12one.com is the uh, uh, the, is the website. We've got the link up at the bottomlineshow.com. Does it have team in that as well? I got to double check this here. Uh, yes, it's www.teamh12one.com. And uh, we've got all that up at the bottomlineshow.com as well. Uh, we have 10 copies of this DVD that we're giving away today 800 227 5278. 800 227 5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We're going to have lots of winners today, I know, and I'm thr- you're, you guys are going to love this movie. You really are. This is the type of thing you show it at your Christian school. You show it in your Bible study group. Show it in... Uh, it, w- guys get together and have a men's uh, group for... Uh, you know, Saturday morning breakfast, watch this movie. You're going to love it. You're going to be inspired by it. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. The number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, Super Bowl 58 is now a memory. It is one for the ages, uh, 25 for the Kansas City Chiefs and 22 for the San Francisco 49ers. Game went into overtime and actually could have potentially had gone into a second quarter of overtime as the referee said when they did the coin toss gentlemen this is a whole new game and the rules being as such that uh the team who receives the ball has a chance to go down and score if they score the opposing team then gets a kickoff and has a chance to take the ball back and score if they score a field goal then they just return the favor and kick it off and start over again if they score a touchdown game's over no extra point and if they don't score then the team who scored first is the winner so right at the very end of 15 minutes or what would have been the fifth quarter of play, Kansas City scores, they win, the game's over, raise the trophy, confetti everywhere. There were a couple of key moments of the game that I'd like to uh, point out uh, and may have some observation about, especially as they pertain to biblical values and what it means to be a Christian in the world that we're living in right now. Some of the commercials, some of the players' reactions and responses. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. For more than 50 years, Dennis Wilson has been offering better alternatives to what the market offers when it comes to investments like certificates of deposit and real estate investment trusts. Dennis's 3D account pays even better than market interest rate. Here's Dennis to explain. So what is a 3D account and how does it work? A 3D account is a real estate-backed investment without Wall Street risk. It pays an amazing interest of 7% for the next three years. At the end of three years, you can take your money out So you can see it's definitely not a REIT, or you can reinvest it at 7% in a new program. Go ahead and call today and ask about the 7% account. And then while you're on the phone and ask about our accounts that face even higher amounts for funds over 250,000. Learn more about Dennis Wilson's 3D Money account, the better alternative to the Real Estate Investment Trust. Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, simply better alternatives. 
Welcome back to this special edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Movie Monday, and my thanks again to Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck. I should also point out, if memory serves me, uh, Dennis and Debbie's anniversary is tomorrow. So if you want to drop them a line on their Facebook page, uh, wish them a happy uh, anniversary. They got married when they were like in third grade or something. I mean, no, they've been, I mean, we're all the same age, but I think they were 19 or something. They knew. There were a lot of kids in the youth group at Lake Hills Community Church that got married young. And it's interesting. A lot of the ones who got married young are kind of a retirement age now, and they've been retired for a while, and God really blessed their union and their marriage. So I'm uh, good for them, <laughs> and uh, congratulations. Dennis and Debbie are part of, uh, uh, they, they're volunteers at a ministry for women and children in, in Mexico, in Ensenada, called Casa Esperanza. And they launched a racing team about a decade ago to compete in events like the Baja 1000, which you're probably familiar with. And they got this old Volkswagen bug. They call him Bochito. They modified it so Bochito could race in these events. The first year was kind of a disaster. The second year, they actually won Division 11, which is kind of the toughest one to be in. And you heard Dennis say in this, uh, in this uh, our conversation just now, he says, you know, I wasn't really much of an athlete in high school, which is true. Um, he goes, I never really won anything. And here I am being hailed as the driver of Bochito and host, you know, I'm on the podium hosting a trophy. It was a big deal. Uh, we have 10 copies of this DVD, Dust to Glory 2, that features the story of Bochito. Um, and we were giving them away today here on Movie Monday. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Okay, Super Bowl 58 was an interesting game. I'll be honest with you, first and foremost, I didn't find it all that entertaining. It was frustrating to watch the, uh, to watch the 49ers play so well, play much better than anybody expected, to see the Chiefs play so poorly. And it got to the point, I think in frustration, I may have posted something on social media, it almost looked like Patrick Mahomes was playing more for the odds makers than to try to win the game. I'm just, it's just an observation. There were so many plays where he was stuck in the pocket and Tony Romo was on CBS and Paramount Plus going, hey, you know, that's great. They kind of cut out the outside lane and he can't get outside. And I thought to myself, this is one of the craftiest, smartest, most gifted quarterbacks of the modern era. 28 years of age, $45 million a year contract. This is his third Super Bowl championship or whatever in five years. They've been four times. I mean, you know, that the, they... These guys are really, really good. And Mahomes is still going to be around for another seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years easily. The fact that he was so inept at making plays that he makes look routine. I know the, giant, the 49ers defense played well, but there was something about it that just seemed a little fishy to me. And I, I don't mind saying that because I know people are saying, well, there were a lot of professing Christians in the game and Patrick Mahomes is one of them. Why would you make that observation? Well, the observation is we've watched him play for the, what, five, six years he's been in the league. And he makes really good plays. The 49ers defense continued to confound him even into the fourth quarter. And I could not understand how the the Chiefs offense could not figure out the 49er defense. I mean, I don't know that much about football. And even I'm looking at this going, Tony Romo's going, look, they're getting a four-man rush in on him and they're pressuring him. They're keeping him in the pocket. And, uh, and he doesn't want, he wants to get out and move and do what he could. When he finally did that on that last drive in overtime, I'm like, where has this been all game? San Francisco suddenly changed offenses. Why did he only throw one pass to Travis Kelsey in the first half? I mean, there were a lot of decisions that the Chiefs made that were questionable. And quite frankly, 
when Travis Kelsey, Kelsey came up on that one series where the they wound up losing it on the fumble in the in the red zone, and he was barking at Andy Reid, going, "You got to leave me in!" And all these people are saying that's disrespectful to the coach. Well, to get up in his face like that in the game is disrespectful. I'll totally agree with you. But the passion, he said, look, I should be out there. If I were blocking, that play wouldn't have happened. It would have gone the way it was supposed to. I understand that passion too. So I'm not quick to throw the baby with the bathwater out on that one. The commercials, though, were, were, was where a lot of the messaging happened. We talked on Friday's program about uh, the so-called Black National Anthem versus the Star-Spangled Banner. I'll be honest with you, I had to go back and find the, the National Anthem on YouTube because we were streaming the the game on Paramount Plus, and you got to wonder, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it was our, our internet connection or whatever it was, but Reba McIntyre started out, oh, say, can you see? And then the screen froze, literally froze. We were stuck without audio, with one sweeping stuck picture, had to turn the TV off, had to reboot the entire computer, and by the time they did, we were two minutes into the first quarter. Now, with regard to the Lift Every Voice versus the National Anthem, I've posited about that for a, a while, for several years. Uh, my take is I think America the Beautiful, beautiful should be our National Anthem uh, rather than the Star-Spangled Banner. Uh, my dad agrees, uh, former choir director. He said, look, he goes, I like the lyric of America the Beautiful better, and quite frankly, it's easier for people to sing. The Star-Spangled Banner. It's not easy to sing. Okay, and trust me, if you've ever been in a crowd and you're around people who don't really know how to sing it, it's not really easy to sing. But then there's the whole controversy over the so-called Black National Anthem. Lift every voice and sing. It's a hymn written by a Christian pastor, African-American guy, set to music by his brother. It was a song of unity, not only for African-Americans to stay strong in the midst of segregation, because let's face it, just because slavery ended in 1865 doesn't mean that bigoted attitudes did. So not only do you have that working for you, the unity thing, but also it's a song that we as a nation could sing. And it became very popular with African-Americans at the turn of the century. And for the first 15 or so years of the, the, the new century, it, it spread like wildfire throughout the South, especially among African-Americans. And then if you look at the history of our national anthem, then the NAACP stoked the fire in 1919 by saying, well, we'll just call this the Black National Anthem. It's like, well, that's not what it was written for, but if that's what you want to call it, okay, you call it that. You know, the Star-Spangled Banner was not officially adopted, adopted by Congress as our national anthem until 1931. The question then is raised, well, uh, was Lift Every Voice ever even given consideration? Why was it the Francis Scott Key? Why was it not America the Beautiful? Why was it not God bless America? I mean, there are lots of different, how did we get to this point? But the fact that so many people in the church, either of one persuasion or the other, want to shut down the argument. No, it's a star-spangled banner. We can't have anything else. Or no, it's lift every voice and sing, and you all are crazy for wanting us to adopt yours. Those are things that we, I think as Christians, can use. Not You're not going to settle the argument one person at a time talking to each other. I mean, that's not going to, if two of us agree, if I get Reverend John Amanchukwa, who has been on here, he's the guy who wrote the Eracism book and, and actually, uh, actually posted a pretty lengthy diatribe on Instagram yesterday about why we should not be singing Lift Every Voice. We have a national anthem, let's stay with it. 
And I thought, you know, all the points he made were good, except for the fact that he left out the part about the fact that it seems like Congress reacted to the popularity of the so-called Black National Anthem by a decade later adopting the Star-Spangled Banner officially as our national anthem. There's a lot of that that's happened in American history. But when you get right down to it, dialogue is good. Why is Lift Every Voice so important to people in the African-American community, even to the point where they would not want to sing the Star-Spangled Banner? Why is the Star-Spangled Banner so important? Maybe God Bless America or America the Beautiful would be a better place for us to come together. Can we have a national anthem and a national hymn? I mean, there's, there's so much to discuss. But ultimately, brothers and sisters, as Christians, we have to understand we are citizens of heaven and residents of earth. So we want to make life here on earth in our nation, where God has placed us to be the best we possibly can. There's no point in saying, well, I was born in America, but I want to make America more like Germany. I mean, that. no, God, if God wanted you to be German, you'd be born in Munich. I mean, come on. But the idea here that we as Christians can have more meaningful dialogue without being afraid, without being, what do we have to fear? Perfect love casts out fear. If you're concerned that one anthem is going to supersede the other, whatever, what are you afraid of? I mean, can't we show the love of Christ to people? Can't we be that way? I mean, understanding Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, also made an appearance at the Super Bowl, a couple of them, as a matter of fact, in the He Gets Us campaign ads. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to try in three minutes or less to dissect what was wrong with He Gets Us, even though so many people watched it and went, oh, those spots are just so beautiful. They're just so, oh, yes, I wish life was like that. And it's like, well, but maybe you don't. Maybe your feelings were in the right place, but maybe they weren't as biblical as you want them to be. We'll talk about why coming up next as the bottom line continues. I can't say enough about preborn, and I'm going to keep talking about them because I love what this organization stands for. Basically, what they stand for is the truth, the truth and the science, the truth and the science and being honest about the situation that a woman is facing when she is facing an unplanned pregnancy. Did you know this is a problem within the church? 60% of the women who have abortions in the United States do so after already having given birth at least once. 54% of the women who have abortions in the United States are church-going women if not Bible-believing, born-again Christians. So what does that say? It tells me that we in the church need to do a better job of educating people as to what's really going on when a woman tests positive for pregnancy, as they say. Go to a pre-born clinic, they'll do the pregnancy test, then they will do an ultrasound. And the ultrasound technology will show you the pictures of the child in the womb, and then they'll tell you the three options, not the two that the abortion clinics. Abortion clinics say, either you're gonna be a parent that's gonna be expensive and ruin your life, just have an abortion. The third option is adoption, and Preborn recommends adoption every single time a woman comes in with an unplanned pregnancy. 85% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and have the ultrasound choose life for their baby. You can help in this effort. Make your one time donation to Preborn today. Go to kbrightradio.com and click on the Preborn banner. Welcome back to this Movie Monday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Last call for the great movie Dust to Glory Part 2 that features, it's a secular faith-based documentary about off-road racing that has a huge segment, one of the story arcs in it, about Team H12-1 out of Ensenada, Casa Esperanza's Bochito. Our good friends Dennis and Debbie Hollenbeck were in studio with me earlier today here on the bottom line. And as they got on, they didn't drive Bochito to the studio, but as they made their way back home, they did leave 10 copies of the movie with us uh, in DVD form. 
800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Final thoughts about Kansas City's 25-22 to overtime win over the San Francisco 49ers. And the fact that I, I still think some of the Chiefs were playing to the odds makers more than anything else. The over-under on the game was 47 and a half points. And the Chiefs scored the winning touchdown to bring the score to 25 to 22, which is 47 points. Somebody got a big wager on that. I'm not suggesting it was Patrick Mahomes, but he did a lot to make sure that his offense wasn't very effective yesterday. And I know the guy's a professing Christian, but dang. Uh, the He Gets Us campaign had two spots scheduled, and because of the overtime and essentially a fifth quarter, uh, I think they had a third one that ran, but the foot washing one is the one that got a lot of people. Jesus didn't preach hate, and they show all these different uh, people washing the feet of other people. Now, there's something really beautiful about in John 13, Jesus in the upper room washing the disciples' feet. We know that that was reserved for the lowliest of the low slaves, uh, the slaves were typically Gentile servants, we call them in scripture. Um, and your feet were dirty and dusty when you came in off the road. And it was just, it was, there was a cleanliness issue, but there's also ceremony too. Welcome to my home, my servant will wash your feet. When they go to the upper room, Jesus, there's no servant around and the disciples know their feet are grungy and they're about to have Passover for crying out loud so they need their, their feet washed. Jesus removes his outer garment and washes his feet and then says the greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you love one another. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The idea of someone washing somebody else's feet is really beautiful except for the fact that in the He Gets Us campaign, basically, you see people who are ostensibly people of God washing the feet, of, the feet of people who are sinners. And in the spot, it kind of left people with the impression that you wash their feet because they're fine just the way they are. They just have dirty feet. And for us as Christians, we know that the reason we have our feet washed now is kind of that's the, the, the repentance, the turning away from our sin after our whole insides have been clean. Jesus even said to Peter, I'm not going to wash your whole body. If your whole body is clean, I only need to wash your feet. That's a reference to what's happened on the inside. God loves us. I mean, that whole he gets us part, of course he gets us. He knows we're sinful. But the reason he doesn't just leave us where he gets us. That's the issue that the he gets us campaign misses. They give us the impression that Jesus somehow finds us in our sinful state and says, you do you. Instead of saying, I see you in your sinful state and say, I see you. I know exactly where you are. I don't condemn you where you are. But if you take up your cross and follow me, you will see the transformation. You'll see the sanctification. We'll have to dig a little deeper in this later on in this week, but I didn't want to let the program go without making that observation. God loves us just the way we are and loves us way too much to leave us that way. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line.